Bookrumps podcast with Jay Preston and Krista McQueen, authors and friends who like to talk about books and writing. Oh, I still love that intro. It sounds so professional, doesn't it? It does. It's almost like we're professionals and we know what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, actually, I did a TikTok about this and I was like, totally going to pretend that I'm a, I'm an adult here. Um, that I, I've got my shit together. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, in any way, shape, no. or form. Nope. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why people let me have children. <laughs> I know, right? We should we should have like a, a sign-up sheet. Do you want children? Put your name down here. You should have to pass a test. We're going we're gonna to evaluate your, your skills. Anyway, um, on that note, welcome to episode two of the Book Rumps podcast uh, with myself, Jay Preston, and Kristen. Say hi, Kristen. Hi guys. My queen. She's my queen. She's my queen. Anyways, <laughs> um, Kristen and I love chatting books, so we're both authors. So hey, what better what better way to use our um time than to have a little podcast and just talk about it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean my husband gets tired of hearing about it, so he is all for me talking to other people about books. Well, before we start, let's um, get to the most important part of our podcast. Let's hear from our sponsors. Kristen? Still no sponsors, Joe. That, what? I can't believe it. No applications. Nope. Guys, honestly, what's what's going on? We need you. We need you. Okay? I'm just going to leave it out there. Apply I'm just going to start away. making up one. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, honestly, today's sponsors are trees. Do you like trees? They make books. I like trees. Okay, I'm gonna place. have I'm gonna have Airtable as my sponsor because <gasps> I love Airtable. Oh, do you know what? you should you should actually email them and say, guys, I the should. amount of times I'm going to mention <laughs> you on my podcast, you should totally pay us. Yes, just do it. I, it. I don't think I could get through an entire day without Airtable. Well, speaking of Airtable, today's podcast is about writing and what do we use to write? How do we write well? How do we get published? Well, what's what's the process like? From what's the first thing you're gonna do uh, if you want to write a book? This is today's podcast, basically. Um, it's gonna be super exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is. So, the first thing you need to do before you, well, when you want to write a book or when you want to publish a book is you have to sit down your ass on that chair, open that laptop or, you know, open that uh, typewriter, depending on what, <laughs> what era are you from, and write. You have to finish that book. I mean, I couldn't uh, tell yeah. you how many times people are like, I'm going to be an author. And I'm like, did you write a book? No. Well, mm. you're not going to be I an author. I wrote the then. first chapter five years ago, and yes. I'm, just, I'm just not sure where it's going. <laughs> and I mean, we've obviously been there in the last episode. Oh, we okay. discovered that we both haven't finished our first book, and that's okay. Yeah. It's going to happen. It, it, it does happen, and it's okay, and nobody's going to hold it against you. But if you want to publish something, you got to finish it, you guys. Yes. So um, let's talk about what best to write your books in. Um. I mean, some people can just write them on. Did you actually? I know a person who wrote their whole book on the Google Docs um, app on their phone. Can you believe it? I don't think I could write on my phone. I type I too not. quickly, and I can't type yeah, in like, my phone that quickly. <clears throat> a robot, Kristen. <laughs> like no, but like in an hour, I normally write if the words are flowing. So. 
actually my boss makes fun of me because he was asking me the other day about writing and he's like, how many words do you write in an hour? And I was like, well, if they're flowing normally around 2000 words in an hour, maybe more depends on like what type of mood I'm in. And he's like, do you just like slit your wrist and like the words just bleed out of you? And I'm like, sometimes. And when they don't, I don't write that day. It It does. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting typing at that speed as well. Yes. But like, Um, I couldn't do that on my phone. I write about 1000 and one and a half thousand, 1200. That's my usual hourly quota. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously don't write as fast as you, but I still write quite fast, I suppose, comparatively yes. to a lot of people. That is very fast still. Um, I write on, not on Google Docs, I write in Ulysses, although I have tried Scrivener before and I wrote one of uh, my, my first book I wrote in Scrivener and it's great. It works for a lot of people. It didn't quite work for me. And actually one of my favorite, favorite author, uh, authors was um, Rachel Van Dykish. If I, if I, oh, I, I love her. Shout out to Rachel Van Dyken over here. You're awesome. We love you. Come to to our podcast. She's like one of my, she is up there with one of my favorite authors. Like you can go to her if you want serious and dramatic, or you can go to her if you want just rom-com and funny and lighthearted. And she just has everything. She's got it all. Like I just admire her being able to just do so many things. Mm Um, so she actually introduced me to Ulysses and she told me that I should just quit Scrivener and give Ulysses a try. And guess what? I quit Scrivener and gave Ulysses a try <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> it worked. It was so awesome. Like, uh, bear in mind, Scriv- like Scrivener works for, um, on Mac and on PC. I've got a Mac and Ulysses is Mac only. Yes. Um, see, I so don't yeah. have a Mac. What do you use then? What I'm against Mac. Then? My, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I have an whore. iPhone, but I'm against Mac. I'm an um, Apple whore. I've got everything Apple. I use Word because I'm old school like that. Get yourself that type, typewriter keyboard, you. I know. But you know what? I love it because I know how to use it. Like, not that I have to do all that much in it, but I've just, I've learned how to do everything in it. I actually have Atticus and you can write in Atticus, yeah. but my only complaint about writing in Atticus, and I don't know any other program out there is that I don't want to have to like click a button to get to my next scene or my next chapter. I want to have it all in one viewpoint. Just one flow. Yes. And I like being able to do, you know, control F to find, you know, when I decide to change someone's name or when I'm like, oh, I need to change a specific detail in the book and I know what words I need to look for. I find that that easier. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if you can do it in Atticus. Mm. And so, I'm just too stubborn to like Atticus use multiple things. is a bit things. of a all-in-one, isn't it? We'll get to it is. a little bit later. Um, so we both write in different different places. A lot of people write in a hell of a lot of different uh, different areas. There's loads of uh, programs out there. But if you don't want to mm-hmm. spend any money, if you just want you know if you want to sit down and and start writing, you can you can do that easily on Word. If you don't have Word. Google Docs is fine as well. You don't have to do it on your phone. You can do it on your laptop or on your PC. I mean, you can um, do it on a piece of paper if you really want. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to somebody's, somebody's <laughs> gonna have to transcribe it onto the computers, yes. onto the, onto the you know, um, machines. But um, go for it. Exactly. A lot of people still write in their in their notebooks and then they transcribe it onto, onto laptops. Yeah. Once we've written that first manuscript, the next step will be um, 
well, getting it out. So suppose firstly you have to edit it yourself a little bit. Just read through, make sure that it doesn't have like a stupid, stupid grammar mistake. I think we're very different right here Mm -hmm. where I finish my whole book and I walk away for months. Right. Normally. Sometimes I can't because like right now I just moved up a deadline nine months and like switched around my release order. So I don't have the, you know, lovely ability to walk away like I love to because I want to forget about the book. I want to move on and write at least one more book between me finishing the book and editing it because I want to forget everything. I want to go in there and just be like a brand new reader that has no clue what's happening. And luckily with my ADD and me forgetting things so quickly, it does work for me that way. And it just kind of works out better because then you're looking at everything with fresh eyes, but I know you don't do that. No. So uh, when I, when I said that the next step would be editing it, I'm being general here. This is not what I do by the way, but I'm a very, very low percentile of, of, of what usually uh, is done. Because I write and I edit as I write. So basically when I write, I treat myself like a reader. So I write with you guys. So when you read my book, it's usually what I write. Um, And then once I'm finished, like, I don't really want to read it again. You know, I've already read Mm -hmm. this book. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I write, I go back, edit what what I've written and make sure that there's no mistakes and then keep going. And it's just like a loopy loop, you know? I keep keep doing those loops and it's kind of refreshing my memory and kind of juggles what I'm going to what I'm going to write next as well as I as I do it and it really works for me. I absolutely love it. And I write in scenes as well so they're not super big so I don't have to go back and re-edit like a huge chapter that's I don't know I let's say 10 pages. It's mostly a scene that's about a couple of pages long. Mm-hmm. And it just really works for me. I I love doing that. Um and once once you've you know proofread your book, you pro- once you proofread your manuscript that you've finished and you've you know you've typed at the end at the end, which I don't ever write by the way. I don't either. I hate when people do that and they put up like the picture of like the end, and I'm like, I don't even oh, do that. Well, I don't hate it because it's a huge accomplishment. So well done, you guys. If you if you've managed to type, if you've managed to type the end at the end of your novel, well done. We are really really proud of you and really happy for you. We ju- we just don't do it ourselves. <laughs> I also don't do it because I only write in series. So to me, I'm like, the story is not over. Uh-huh. It just, it changed. Plus, I it's always, going on to someone new. I always new. have an epilogue at the end, uh, which is not really the end, is it? No, it's not. Um, so yeah, once you've done that, the next step would be to get yourself some beta readers. Uh, what are it? Betas or alphas. Those are readers who are reading your manuscript before it gets anywhere near close to publishing, really. So once you've finished... Yes. Um, when you're a little bit more established, your some of your hugest, hugest funds might become your beta readers. Um, but if you're just starting out and you don't have any funds, there's lots of places on Facebook that you can reach out to. There's actually ARC uh, Facebook groups that you can ask if anybody would want to beta read your, your stuff. Uh, loads of authors are happy to critique each other's works so that that works as well I don't like people critiquing my stuff like I, I have myself high on pedestal and if somebody critiques my stuff I get really emotional about it because I'm already impostering syndroming like uh, like yes. nobody else I have horrific imposter syndrome and I actually recently found out while talking to a New York Times bestseller list author who I 
hugely look up to and she's got a ton of series out she's you know top of the charts with every release and she's like I still suffer from it mm-hmm. constantly and I'm like how like you're like amazing and I'm just over here and depending on the day some days I'm like I am this awesome author and other days I'm like my words are trash everything I like everything I put out is trash and I might as well just give up so it depends on my day as to where I am and that's completely normal and that's exactly why I've never joined a critique group or anything like that but it generally it genuinely genuinely works for a lot of people so if you're one of those people go for it why not if not get yourself some beta beta readers you know and uh they will most likely be your first ed- developmental edit. Um, so they will pl- point out plot holes. They will find uh, find any kind of little mistakes that you might have. What else? They might make notes. They might just... Make sure, though, that whatever beta or alpha reader you have, make sure they read your genre. Mm-hmm. I've seen people try to have people that don't read their genre yeah. or like family and friends and they don't know what's expected. Well, actually, actually, I was just about to say, and if you can't find any beta readers, then ask your family and friends. But, but <laughs> I mean, it's better than no one. But, but do yes. ask them. Do you do you read this the sort of books? Because if not, it might maybe if they don't read your sort of books, just ask them. I don't want you to tell me what you think about my book. I just want you to read through it and tell me. Uh, yes. What a mistake. Yes. Um, like I do word swaps constantly. Yeah. I will write me instead of my. Oh yeah. I'll write. I mean, out instead of our. I was I was writing um a sexy scene and uh, ended up writing a gardening duck into it. Um, you can imagine what it was meant to be. It was not going to be a gardening duck. Uh, but that's what it was, and and I had a huge laugh <laughs> about it because hey. You can't laugh about your mistakes and what else. Um, so yeah, so once once you've got your betas um, checking over your work, the next step would be to read through it again yourself. If you're one of those people, I don't. Once the, my betas have finished uh, my book, uh, it goes straight to editors. Kristen doesn't, you don't have editors, do you? Because... My betas are editors. Uh, yeah, Kristen's one of those lucky people who actually has, has got two editors on her beta team and they just do it for her for free. I hate it. I hate it so much. They love me. editors are so expensive, you guys. But if you don't have an uh, edited ma- manuscript, you're very, very, very likely to put out um, a book that has got loads of mistakes in it into, you know, onto Amazon or wherever you plan to publish which is always a really bad idea because uh, people will generally not want to read anything that's got mistakes in it. It's quite jarring, isn't it, finding mistakes? It is. And as an author, I think it's really hard that there's some authors that I loved before I started writing. Mm -hmm. And they're very good authors. I'm not, you know, saying they're not by any means but it's very hard to turn off the editor brain oh my god yeah and so you go to a different book that's not yours and you read through these sentences and you're like oh i would have changed that around or i would have left this out or they have way too many echoes and it's like i didn't even know what echoes were Uh when i started writing and now you're like it's repetition so by the way if anybody's wondering it's repetition so you yes you're constantly using the same thing like calling somebody oh my brother did this and then i said this to my brother and then my brother walked out. <laughs> um, yeah, and like too many dialogue tags. Uh-huh. Like 
you overuse of the word that all that stuff jumps out to you once you started actually having to pick apart I don't. I, don't I hate dialogue. But terms. I do not use. I I'm one of those people who uses. Uh, so this is another no no, by the way. But who cares, right? Um, you're not supposed to use anything but he said or she said as a dialogue dialogue tag. I have so many different uh, dialogue tags that it's 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 really terrible. Like really, uh-huh. I did not know that. Yeah, you're not. I use he grumbles, he mumbles, he oh, moans, no, no, no. he so- grumbles. Yeah, he grumbles, he he mumbles. That's all right. So that's fine. It's just other things like I don't know. Um, I can't think of it at the top of my head. I will, t- I will, I will look it up and I will tell you because, uh, okay. I mean, there's, there's, I, I just use so many unusual dialogue tags because I hate dialogue tags. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he said, she said, um, but yeah, so we've edited the manuscript and, um, the editor gives us, uh, gives it, gives it back to us. What's the next step, Kristen? What should we do? Well, you normally are at this point already on to another book. Um, <laughs> if you're lucky, if you're if you're if, <laughs> if you're, you're me, if you're, if you're Robert Kristen, if you're me, you're already on to another book. So once my editor gives it back to me, I do go back through one last time and I read through it and make sure it's up to par with what I expect it to be. And normally I do this the month before the book goes out, and um. It's just kind of a lot of times it's for me to refresh my mind on what the book's about, because to be completely honest, I might have finished that book a year before it's going to come out. So for me, it's a little bit different. Once it's back from the editor and you are, you know, you do your final read through and everything, you would have gotten your cover. So your cover is like the next thing. And the covers are so much fun, but they're also so hard. And so expensive if you... They are, because... I mean, my first cover, I went with someone on Fiverr because I didn't want to put a lot of money into author things because I wasn't sure if I was going to do it long term. And I think my cover cost me 10 or $15. You know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was a very nice cover. Like the designer did a great job, but the designer did not know romance genres. Mm. And I was, you know, so new to this. And I just picked a cover, like a picture that I liked, and it did not match. What my story. Yes, it was a much spicier cover than what my story is because my first two series do not have any sex scenes in them whatsoever. I mean, they fade they fade to black. So they're not clean, but they're not, you know, they're not on the page sex. It's not as steamy as my cover led people to believe. So I ended up that I redid my covers, I think like two or three months after it released. Mm. And you can spend easily a hundred dollars on a cover if you get um, exclusive rights to a photo. Oh well, premades no, are normally if you, if you if you get exclusive rights to a photo, it it will be about five hundred to six hundred dollars for a cover, which uh, let's be honest, none of the first time authors can afford. Well, unless you're sometimes a lot more. Yeah, unless I've seen them about fifteen hundred to two thousand for custom. Um, there for are exclusive places, rights. There are places where you can get pre-made covers. Um, so a lot of graphic designers are people who who actually you know studied graphic design or just got really good mm-hmm. at it. Um, have got yeah. Facebook groups. You can find them everywhere. Uh, where you can join and they put the covers up for sale and. Uh, 
yeah that's that's what a lot of people do they just go into that those covers are usually about hundred dollars for an ebook about 120 125 including a paperback um so that's one way to do it fiverr is another one like you said but you really need to trust whoever you're going there with so it can be a huge hit and miss yes Um, i mean i wouldn't recommend doing fiverr if you don't have to um and then i think my last ebook cover or my last paperback ebook cover combo i think i spent 130 on um and it was a very good designer i love her um i've worked with a few different ones the only downfall to designers is you have some who aren't good at communicating with you you have some who don't really listen to what you want and it does put authors in an awkward position um there's like a whole facebook group on like going through and rating authors based upon their skill level and their communication and all these different things and it's kind of nice because at least then you know going into it what type of an experience you can expect yeah. from that designer. Well, that's why a lot of people go with pre-made because that's really done. All you have to do is change your title and and put your own name on it, really. Yes. Um, And mm-hmm. a lot of those people also have auctions. So you really could score a bargain. So you could you could yes. potentially get an ebook cover for $20 to $25 plus, I don't know, the $25 that they would charge you for making a paperback. Um, I got a series that is four books ebook and paperback for 75 dollars. that's amazing yeah that's really amazing but um as per usual kristen and i are snowflakes who don't follow the crowd and what do we do kristen we, we make, make our, our own, own covers, covers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so this is this is something that everywhere you look when you start writing and when you start looking at other people writing everywhere you look people tell you do not make your own covers um, but both we both have a little bit of a, a designing background. Like I know Photoshop and I love Photoshop quite well. Um, I mean, I love Photoshop quite well. I know Photoshop quite well and I love uh, Photoshop. I struggled with Photoshop At the for a very long time before I figured it out. But there's a lot of resources out there oh, for there's Photoshop. There's so many resources out there. Um, but if you do your own cover, I would definitely recommend like getting other people's opinions mm-hmm, on it. Before you actually because put it out. Yes. Don't just don't just think. Don't just look at your own work and think, "Oh my god, I'm so fucking talented," um, because that can go very wrong. <laughs> that could go very badly <laughs> for for you and your book. Um, I mean, I mean, you probably are very talented. Just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah. You're also your cover is your first impression mm-hmm. on the reader, and if your reader is like me, I do not read the blurbs or the reviews. I judge your entire book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to do. But if your cover does not catch my attention, I'm not clicking on your book. And for me, I want bright colors. You need to appease my ADD brain and get my attention quickly and keep it. So that's the next thing you do is your blurbs. And it's oh, awful. God. Don't even start me on blurb. <laughs> Trying to condense your, you know, 60 to 100,000 word book your manuscript into like an elevator pitch yeah Uh, it's got a hook that's got you know that's got intrigue that's got a little you know what will they do at the end oh my god it's the bane of my existence existence um i think we you know what we should do actually you should write my blurbs and i'm gonna write your blurbs because i find it so much easier doing blurbs for other people than for yourself 
So I've learned that, what? I mean. So what you've learned to do is uh, to agree to do my blurbs. <laughs> the problem with that is just that you don't read each other's books. So what I do is I write a like rough draft copy of my blurb. Wow. And I mean, either way, it's still very hard because you're trying to tell the reader what happens in the story, but you don't want to give away too much, but you need to tell them enough to hook them. It's like this constant like tug of war of like, how much do I give them? How much do I not? And so I've learned to write a mm-hmm. rough draft copy and then give it to an author friend and be like, fix this. And then they go in and they make like these yeah. little tiny tweaks that make the yeah. biggest difference in it. Or you can hire a blurb writer and spend like $150, yeah. but. Um, that's, yeah, I was just about to say, that's, that's another $150 you could drop there. Exactly. Um, so, okay, so we've got the cover, we've got the blurb, we've got our stuff edited, which can be quite expensive uh, as well. Yes. We didn't really talk about editor prices, but they are quite expensive. For just the proofreading, you would pay $0.02 uh, per word. So if you write uh, books like me, which are about 120,000 words, well, my first one was 107 because I cut out 13,000 words uh, out of it. It was a hefty bill. Um, And then, you know, you need to write your book. So once you've got all of that done, um, you would then have to format your book into a format that actually can be put out on Amazon or you know, Kobo or Apple Books, depending whether you do, you decide to go wide or or Kindle Unlimited only, which is a whole other topic. That could be a whole show in and of itself. Yeah, that could be a whole podcast uh, just about that. Not not an episode, a whole podcast, like every episode about it. Um. So yeah, I because I'm a Mac user, I don't necessarily send my books to an uh, to a formatter, but there are formatter out, formatters out there and you can you can totally pay people to do your formatting and that's going to cost you probably about about I want to say about 70 80 dollars per book as well. It's not cheap. Um I use Vellum, uh, which is this hefty little uh, nifty little <laughs> nifty little program um, for Max where you can format your own books, add images, you know, make it really your own. Um, and Kristen, you mentioned Atticus earlier, yes, didn't I you? Yes, I did. I actually started off using Draft2Digital because you can format mm-hmm. your book for free. And it's fairly simple once you kind of get it down and understand. Like, uh, there was no really rules. Can you do your paperback in there? You can. So I did all of mine there, but you can't do like custom images. Mm-hmm. And I actually only bought Atticus because when I was writing Sincerely Fuck You, which is my rom-com that came out in January, there's a lot of notes back and forth between the characters. And I didn't like the way that draft to digital gave me an option to present those notes inside my book. They didn't yeah. look appealing to me. So I went out and bought Atticus for one book <laughs> and it sounds but, crazy but I wanted it to look professional and I wanted it to look the way I wanted it and now I've gone back and I'm slowly in the process of going back to my boss hole series where there's like a skyline on the front of the cover so I actually took that same skyline and I'm putting it in the headers and it's looking amazing and awesome. I absolutely love it and it's again there's a little bit of a learning curve to figure out how to do it um but it's not much. 
Like it wasn't horrible. And I think their... uh, Atticus is about $120 or at least it was in its infancy. I don't know. It might still be there. When I bought it, it was around 120 I think it might have went up in price though, but I'm not mm-hmm. positive. Don't quote me on that. It's still below $200. That's for sure. Yes. Um, but it's yeah. amazing. And like you can do all sorts of things. You can do your ebook and your paperback in it. Um, they're constantly adding new things. They're trying Mm -hmm. to make it that you can export a Mobi file, which is what you need to send a direct to Kindle file. Yeah. Um, So if you, if you want to send your book to somebody straight away, um, without, without anything else, you can, you need a Mobi file. Um, but Vellum does the same thing, except Vellum is, is, um, is Mac only, whereas Atticus can is a cloud-based system, isn't it? Just like Ulysses, which I write on, is is is, is a cloud-based. And Ulysses yes. exports, by the way, you know, having written writing um, having writing in Ulysses is um, also exportable. So you can totally save your work as Word, or you can save it as rich text, or you can save it as EPUB. So it does it for you because it's um. It's a really cool software, but it's a monthly subscription software. So if you're trying to be, you know, um, if you're trying to save some money, probably not the best thing to do when you're starting out. Yeah. Um, and then once the book is formatted, you've got the cover, it's edited, and you're ready to hit that publish button. Well, you put your book on Kindle, don't you? On Amazon KDP. KDP.com is where it's at. Likely. Yep. Most likely, um, and then set a publisher date, and then you get to work. Hard, yes. hard work. Now you have to think of your keywords, the phrases and words that people are actually going to search that you want your book to pop up under, and uh-huh. that is a whole monster in and of itself. And then you have to pick your categories, and they only let you pick two on there, but uh-huh. then you can add eight more if you email them. Yes, so you which have to is email weird, them, which is really weird. Yes. And you need to think about, you know, letting people know that you wrote a book and, and telling people, actually, there's this book on Amazon. You might find it interesting. Here's my blurb. Here's my cover. Why don't you go and check it out? Um, and you can do that on Facebook groups. There's loads of Facebook groups that will, you know, be happy for you to go on them and talk about your book. And it will be, um, I think I used to do takeovers, didn't I? I did takeovers for my first book. Um where I would just go to to other authors' groups while they were having a release party, which is something that a lot of authors still do, mm-hmm. uh, where they celebrate a release day, a release day of their of their own book. Um, and there's loads of other authors coming in and posting for half an hour and giving your book away for free. So you give that book away for free, hoping that that person will then go on um, Goodreads or Amazon and and leave you a review. And that's another thing. Reviews are where you know where 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 you want to score really um because without reviews people most often will not pick up your book your book will not show up in searches um that's why there's such a thing as arcs or arcs as kristen likes to call them i do call them arcs (laughs) and that's advanced reader copies and this is where you send out your book to a bunch of readers who agree if they like it or don't like it don't like the book yes leave your review leave a review for you um for free you don't pay them you're not allowed to pay them because that uh, that breaches uh, all sorts of terms and conditions 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know it's up to them, so you can't you can't hound them if they don't leave a review. Um, but if they do, then thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, so I put out my arcs about two weeks before my book releases, and mm-hmm. I actually put up my paperback. My paperback's available before my arcs are available. Same. I do the same thing. Because let's be honest, pirating sites are a big thing and people stealing your book is a very real possibility. Every I mean, single one of my books is on a pirate on pirating websites. It's it's horrible. I, and you can't I don't really look. fight it either. I don't look. I don't want to know. Yeah. Ignorance it, is bliss. <laughs> it is it is sad. It is sad. But it makes you appreciate other things like, you know. It makes you appreciate when people actually genuinely buy your book and, and yes. start reading it. And and the other things like messaging me, um, saying that they, they loved it. Um, so your ARC readers are your last wall, well, last defense wall before your book mm-hmm. goes uh, p- public. Yes. And they hopefully will see last minute mistakes because believe it or not, however many edits you're doing, however many editors you've had, there's probably still a mistake in your manuscript. And oh, there definitely is. And that's okay. <laughs> I found out like three months ago that my copyright page that I copy and paste and put in every single book had a error in it. And it was <laughs> it was like the word and instead of any. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And one of my amazing betas found it. And he's like, apparently I have, he's like, apparently I have to read every little thing you write. And I'm like, you really do. Like you really, really do. Because as the writer, you don't pick up on the errors because you Mm -hmm. read what it's supposed to say, because you know what it's supposed to say. That's why oftentimes, you know, I also um, just highlight my text and do text to speech Mm -hmm. and then just listen to it being read in that robotic voice. Yes. Because as, as tragic as it is, you can still totally, you know, pick up those little bits that you missed out. Mm-hmm. I actually um, started where editing, I actually found this to be fun. One of my beta readers wasn't able to concentrate enough to read a book um, just with personal things going on in her life and everything, but she could listen to audiobooks. So I ended up that I recorded my entire book, which sounds crazy, and it would take me like six to eight hours to do each one, but I would go through and I recorded them for her so she could listen, but I would actually pick up on more errors that way. That's really cool. That's really cool that you did that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, you know, if the ARC readers or ARC readers or advanced reader copies readers, <laughs> uh, they are your last bit and then you're, you hit that publish button. Hopefully yes. you've got some reviews. Hopefully you've created yourself, you connected your book on Goodreads. So you created your author profile on Goodreads. You created your Amazon author profile as well. Um, I mean, there's loads of other things you can do. You can have a website, you could have a Facebook page, you could have an Instagram, you could have TikTok, you could have it all. But don't overwhelm yourself. Hopefully at least you told someone that you're publishing a book before you did it, unlike me. Unlike Kristen. (laughs) Unlike me. I did not tell anyone. And then after I hit publish, I like kind of put something on my personal Facebook page and was like, hey, I did a thing. And people were like, what? Where Joe was smart about it. And like she had that hype build up where like people were looking Mm. forward to her release of her first book. And it was like. Except not the people that I know. So it was all internet people. I didn't know them. But you know became, what, though? But they became friends, you know? All of those people are now really, really good friends. And they are the yes. like 
they're all in my group and they're the biggest fans of mine. I would say currently my best friends in my life are all people that I have met online, never met in person. And we all, (laughs) like Joe, (laughs) we all talk about books. And I mean, I used to never like be on the phone all the time. And now like my husband comes home and he's like, who are you on the phone with now? And he's like, is it Joe or Allison? And I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, I need them in my life. <laughs> I'm like, I need them to survive. Plus now you don't have to listen to me war about my book for hours on end because I don't know where it's going. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So another thing is, you know, um, don't feel like you can't reach out to authors to other authors however however professional they are or unprofessional they are or however you know far in their authoring journey they are because I think readers often forget that we are just people yes I mean I will say that some people are assholes so you're going to have authors who are assholes but you also have a lot of people you've got people like Kristen and I hello yeah I mean, I ended up that I went. We tried to be so lovely. (laughs) I went on. Well, I went on Goodreads and I friended like all of the readers who gave me like four and five star reviews on all my books, and I was astonished at the amount of people who would message me and they're like, "Did you friend request me on accident?" And I'm like, "What? No! Like you liked my book, you enjoyed my book. Like I'd like to see what you're reading. I'd like to get to know you a little bit better." And they're like, but you're an author and I'm just a reader. And I'm like, hold up. Like, what are you talking about? It's just a reader, is it? No. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like, I wouldn't be where I am right now without Without you. you. Like, I'm approaching that point where I might be able to quit my job. To be completely honest, I probably won't because I love my job and I don't work that often. But I'm like, I'm almost to that point where I could quit my job and be comfortable and that's all because of my readers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so whatever you do, make sure to reach out to people. Some of them will not reply to you and that's fine. Let them not reply to you. It's also because a lot of the bigger authors do actually not check their Facebook messages and have them disabled because they get so many messages mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So sometimes also- it's better to you know reply via an email to their to their um newsletter yes um but also don't just you know don't just message them and ask them oh hey i really love your books can i can i post in your group about my book nobody's gonna reply <laughs> to that. at least at least you know make friends first also to be completely honest facebook and instagram and all of them i don't know when someone messages my author pages mm-hmm. because it doesn't always alert me or it will alert me like three months later yeah and so I don't always know, but also don't don't email an author or message them or contact them in any way. And your only response be, "Can I have an arc?" Yeah. And that drives me nuts. If you want to form a relationship with me in any way, shape, or form, and then be like, "Hey, if you ever need an- another arc reader, I would be happy to do it." I will happily, most yeah, likely, same. give you a book if I don't have too many arc readers Talk at that to me time. About- books talk to me about you know guys send me send me raunchy tiktoks talk to me about dogs yeah just send me pictures of baby cows cuddling with infants Uh like i'm all for that be my friend (laughs) and then you never know what's gonna trickle down to your little bookish uh, corner yeah and if you Um, want to help authors and you want to make them happy just message them and be like i loved your book it made a difference in my life and that is what we live for 
if you want to help an author, leave a review. Just yes. gonna throw it out there. <laughs> leave Just a gonna review. throw it out there. Oh, a little tidbit that I recently found out. So we both publish in Kindle Unlimited. Did you know that if a reader reads your book in Kindle Unlimited and then turns around and buys your book, which a lot of readers tell me that they do this because they want to support you as an author. And since they loved your book, they want to buy it and own it forever. Did you know that if you purchase the book within 45 days of returning the Kindle Unlimited copy, the author does not get paid for it? Really? Yeah, I just found this out. How? <laughs> Amazon considers it all one thing. That is that is really unfair. Amazon's been really, I mean, Jeff Bezos, excuse me mm -hmm. if you're listening, please just think about what you're doing because it's not like we're making millions over here. No. Um, yeah, Amazon's been really shitty when it comes to authors lately. But it's um, also the biggest been, platform. Yeah, there's been loads of people who have been losing their pre-orders, their accounts have, are being banned and, and, and things are happening that is just not very nice for no. for no no actual reason. There's no rhyme or reason to that. It's actually quite scary and makes a lot of people uh, think about going wide, doesn't it? It does. Um, the only reason I've stayed in Kindle Unlimited, and I will probably always stay in Kindle Unlimited, is because a lot of readers out there, they yeah. I have a lot of readers that I know of that are on disability or they have a very limited income and they will not be able to afford to read mm. my books, especially yeah. with how quickly I release. Um, they can't afford to read my books if I don't have it in Kindle Unlimited. And also as a new author, Kindle Unlimited is actually a great thing for new authors, especially if you're in the romance genre, because readers yeah. can give you a chance without paying anything extra for you. That's a, that's exactly right. That's the reason why I went for um, mm -hmm. Kindle Unlimited with my first book. Right. So you've hit that publish button and your book is out there. What do you do next? You pour yourself a glass of wine or something stronger or something less strong if, you, if, you, if you're so inclined, if you don't like to drink alcohol and you celebrate. I think we all always forget about celebrating those milestones. Like, you know, we put so much pressure on getting the book to that point and getting the book published and then we start thinking about why are people not reading my book or why or, or are they reading it why are they not buying it and we forget to actually celebrate the fact that guys we wrote a book yeah you know? we published a book and there is a one there's one person there's two people that have read it maybe it's my mother maybe <laughs> it's not my mother calls me and yells at me at like six o'clock in the morning because I sent her a book the night before and she stayed up the whole night. And why would I end the book on a cliffhanger? And I'm like, I told you I didn't finish writing the book. I just needed your input on this part. <laughs> and I get yelled at for this. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. So with that, we should probably finish this episode. Um, yeah. Go put yourself a glass of wine because, hey, you got through a really good episode of our podcast um so you know pour yourself a glass of wine or maybe you've been drinking while you've been listening to us hopefully not if you're driving um yeah I and our next good. one will be on launches and what you do after your book has gone live and how you promote yeah. it we will have an awesome author friend joining us her name is ashley yep she writes under a marie and, and yeah 
it will be exciting. We'll want it. Let's let's yeah. talk, we will we will talk about launches. We will talk about how what's what's the strategy. You've got that book. You know you want to hit publish. What can you do to actually make it get somewhere? So we will talk about a bit more about that. Um, soon enough though, we will start talking about um actual books as well. I'm sure. We will get there somewhere. There's so much things, so many things to talk about when you're when you're an author. So many things you just want to keep mulling over and over, and you're like, why is it this way? And why is that this working for me and it's not working for somebody else? So yeah, I think it's it's just it's just one of those things, isn't it? Also, being an author is like being a parent. Everyone has their opinions on how you should do it, and oh, they God, will yes. view you as being a thousand percent wrong. And it's like there is five hundred thousand ways to do this. Like, I promise you. And your way is not necessarily wrong. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Um, right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our second ever episode of the Book Rooms podcast. Remember, if you're a sponsor, um, apply. Hit that apply <laughs> button. I know we don't have an apply button, but you know, we, we'd love a sponsor. Um, that sponsor that's not trees. Um, yeah. So if you're a sponsor, let us know. We'll be happy to have you. We'll be glad to have you, unless you're, um, well, no, not unless we will. We will. We can discuss the details when you when you chat with us. Anyway, you know, um, yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can get in touch with us, uh, ask us any questions, or just generally have a little chat with us on email at bookrooms um, at Um You can also join our Facebook pages. Facebook, sorry, Facebook groups. You can join us on Instagram. You can join us on TikToks. And don't forget to join our reader group called Romcom Book Club, where we actually do have a book club. So guess what? It's awesome. Everybody's there because they love romcoms and everybody's there because they like to read and talk about romcoms and just generally, um, you know, throw shit at, at the wind. I don't know why I said that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, you guys. It was really awesome. See you guys later. See ya.